Thank you, Lord, that we can gather here today and just worship your name, Lord. I pray that as Miss Michelle comes up here, that you just let us get everything out of her message that we can, Lord, and we can go from here and be a light unto you, Lord. And I pray that we'll all be safe leaving here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Are there Bibles scattered? Yeah. So if you don't have a Bible, if you see a Bible scattered somewhere beneath you, if you could grab one, and maybe if someone next to you doesn't have a Bible, maybe you could scooch over a bit and share, take a little peek. Um, Excuse me. Um, Do you have Philippians 4 in the ESV and the message? Yeah. Okay, perfect. ESV first and the message will be at the end. Okay. Um, Hello. We're going to be in Philippians chapter 4. If you want to go ahead and turn there. Flip kind of toward the back. And you'll see it by Colossians and Ephesians. Philippians chapter 4. I'll be honest, I don't see how Dan gets up here every week because I'm a disaster. And I'm like, I speak like once a year. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. Anyway, um, so I, I think my husband's amazing. And you know, what's interesting to me is for a pastor, I guess, what's kind of hard. And can you keep me accountable with time? Because you know how I can be. Just give me a sign. What sign? Okay, that's perfect. Um <laughs> You know, a lot of times, I mean, pastors have to kind of speak every week regardless. But if, if they're like me, and if you're like me, there are times when I am just feeling the presence of the Lord so strongly. And I just, I'm like, wow, God, you're blowing me away with this truth and that truth. And then there are times when I'm like, God, where are you? Like, I don't know anything. And I can't even remember my name or my children's names. And then I'm like, then, then what do you do? So... Whatever, I just think pastors are amazing, and I could never be one. Um, I'm not that spiritual, um, nor can I remember anything. But what I want to talk to you about is something that God has been um, speaking to me about for years. Um, and I just, I feel like it's, it's, a, it's a, a theme in a lot of what I normally speak on. But um, what I love about God is it doesn't matter how old you are. He continues to, to shape you and mold you and chip away those things that, um, that are your weaknesses and, and just kind of develop things in you. I feel like that's what God's been doing. So what I'm going to speak tonight is kind of an overflow of what God has been really dealing with me, um, especially, you know, the past six months and, you know, three weeks or whatever. Um, But first I want to kind of just start with a story and I can't, I just wanted to tell you this because I feel like it paints a pretty good image of what, how I feel about this topic. Um, I, many of you, maybe you don't, many of you may know, but maybe you don't. I am, I was a missionary kid, so I grew up in South America. So we did a lot of traveling, faced some dangerous moments here and there, um, all throughout South America. And we were kind of, uh, living in Argentina when there was a militaristic regime. So anyway, regardless, there was a lot of machine guns and stuff, but that's in the past. It was just my rough, rugged life as a kid. But my mom went to Chile one summer. Um, This was after I graduated from high school, and she was in Santiago with a group of ladies. And they were spending the night and having this little ladies' retreat, whatever you do at a ladies' retreat. And she was spending the night, like, sharing a room with my Aunt Charlotte. And this wasn't really my aunt, but we called all the missionaries aunts. So they were in bed at night. It was in the middle of the night. And my mom woke up. And she sees this figure at the end of her bed, and she goes, Charlotte, what are you doing out of bed? 
and right next to her, she hears Charlotte saying, I am not out of bed. <laughs> and so then you have these two grown women screaming, probably like Joseph would scream, my Joseph, just you know, screaming, and come to find out there was a man standing at the foot of their bed, and they had found out, of course, after he quickly jumped, and he, they were even not on the first floor. I'm like, how do you do that? How do you? I always tell my kids, we're on the third floor, we're fine. Like, I'm never telling Joe that story. Um, but anyway, um, and apparently this guy had just kind of ransacked a lot of rooms and had just snuck in a whole bunch of rooms and stolen stuff, and which is very common when you live in a foreign country. So we were kind of used to that. So I don't know why my mom screamed, but I probably would have screamed too. Um, but regardless, the reason why I wanted to tell you that top, that story is because what I'm going to talk to you tonight is kind of like that thief. It kind of is like this thing that suddenly appears It catches you by surprise. It makes you want to scream. It creates fear. It can create panic. It can be debilitating. It can actually make you just lose your ever-loving bladder, depending on um, how far it goes. Um, It can even cause extreme sickness, and it has been known to cause death. Um, It can cause people to never leave their house. And um, it's a really scary thing. And why I think it's important... On one hand, I thought, I am not talking about this because they've heard this. If you're like me and you've grown up in church, you've heard this passage. It's so familiar to you. But yet, I think no matter our age, we all deal with it. Whether you're a two-year-old in the nursery freaking out because your mom is leaving you. Or whether you're like my 95-year-old grandmother who freaked out because of everything. Um, And anywhere in between, um, you deal with what I'm going to call anxiety. How many of you guys would say you worry? Okay. Who does not, I, I'm curious, who would you say, I, I just don't worry about stuff? Anybody in here that you know? Couple? <laughs> Kylie's raising your hand. <laughs> Good job, Kylie. Start young. No worry. Well, we are going to talk about anxiety. And I'm going to tell you something. I, <clears throat> um, just don't be mad at me. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Don't be mad at me. Um, to read Philippians chapter 4, and I want us to start in verse 6. Right after I read, I'm going to pray and ask the Holy Spirit. We just sang a song, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come fill this place and whatever it said, fill this atmosphere, whatever. Um, And that's what I'm going to pray, and that's what I was praying as I was singing, is that God's Spirit would grip our hearts and our minds. When I pray, I pray that God's Spirit will help me to remember. You guys are young. You probably don't need that. Some people in the back might. But what I'm praying is that God's Spirit will grip you in such a way that you will leave here and you cannot forget what you've heard. That it will just be seared into your conscience, into your brain, into your nostrils, into everything. And that this week, as you encounter any situation where you might face anxiety of any kind, it will pop up in the forefront of your mind. Not because you have a super great memory, but because the Holy Spirit of God is bringing that conviction and that remembrance and that teaching to your mind. So after we read, I'm going to pray for that. So it seems a little intense because it is. Okay. um, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Lord, 
your truth is breathtakingly astounding to me because you bring it when we need it. You convict us when we need it. You encourage us when we need it. You silence us when we need it. And God, we are in need of your spirit to teach us tonight. To sear your truth into our hearts and our minds. You say your word never goes out empty. It always accomplishes what you purpose it to accomplish. So God, I believe with all my heart that this is a message that we all need. And so I pray, dear God, that it will not return empty, as you have promised. I'm believing that in faith. I'm believing you, God. And I pray that you will bring it to our minds and that you will change us. And I pray, Lord, that we will not just leave here with silent lips, but that we will in turn share these truths with someone else, whether it be our parents, a friend, um, whoever, but that this will be multiplied so your truth will be spoken. And I pray all this in your name. Amen. All right, so anxiety. What are some other words for anxiety? Synonyms. Yes. Stress. Stress. Anxiety does cause stress. What? Worry. Worry. Yes. Anyone else? What do you think? Biting your fingers. Well, yes. That could cause biting your fingers. Yes. Uh, Yes. Nervous. Nervous. Panic. 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 Fear. Freaking out. Freaking out. Yes. Very good. I was also thinking of fretting. You ever heard the word fretting? Apprehension? Yeah. Um, you know, okay. So this is kind of weird. I, I'm going to just tell you, I'm going to be telling you several things that we could actually, if we were to take this, co- this concept, we could camp out here for like weeks. But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to kind of give you an overview of what I, truths that I've just recently learned. So I want you to know it's kind of a lot, but um, it's not a lot. It's, 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 it is, but it's not. Um, you know, we don't plan for anxiety to hit us. Just like that thief in my mom's room, it suddenly appears. I don't wake up in the morning and go, today I'm going to worry about Noah. I don't think today I'm going to worry about whether my den is going to come home safely at night. No, what happens is 20 minutes later he's not home and I'm going, he's dead. He's on the side of the road and no one knows where he is. And I have to raise five kids by myself and I have to get a job. And, and you know what? <clears throat> Before that 20 seconds of panic is over... I'm dead too. Like, my parents are, are like orphans. And um, I, it's just snowballed in my mind. So worry, anxiety, and I, I think for tonight I'm just going to use the word anxiety. I might use the word fretting because I think it sounds like... Um, anxiety, it, it, we don't plan for it. It just, bam, it's there. But I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> Satan totally plans for it. (laughs) He plans for it. This is a truth I want to tell you. It is not in scripture. Um, Like, I'm not going to show you where it is in scripture. It is in scripture. We're not going to camp here, but I want you to listen carefully. C.S. Lewis says, expectations are everything. Okay? So if I was going to take Caden, and I was going to take him into this room, and I was going to say to Caden, Caden... This is the most amazing room you've ever seen. You're going to spend a week here, and it is like a five-star resort. When you enter that room, you're going to be like, I am never leaving this room. It's beautiful. It's luxurious. It's comfy. It's cool. Everything you want is in this room. And if I was to take Caden in this room and he was to open the door, he'd be like, well, 
she's a liar. <laughs> he would be so disappointed. Why? Because I fed him all this stuff and his expectations were here. Like if he really truly never had been in that room and he's like, she's amazing. I can't wait. And then you open the door and you'd be like, oh man, how disappointing. Why? Because expectations are everything. He expected one thing and got something else. But if I took him to this very same room, I said, Caden, you're in trouble, dude. Is your jail cell. <laughs> You're going to be here for a week. Man, good luck. But if I throw him in that room, he might be like, oh, this isn't so bad. There's a window. There's a blackboard. I can doodle if I get bored. I can do high knees if I need exercise. It's not so bad. Why is it not so bad? Because he expected, oh my gosh, it's a jail cell. It's awful. And he goes in there and it's like, hey, not so bad. Expectations are everything. Let me tell you something. Ooh, y'all listen. Mm-mm. When we come into this Christian life, not so much at our church, let me say that, but within easy believism Christianity in America, people will tell you, if you just come to Christ, everything will be okay. Life will be good. No more sorrows, no more worries, or whatever. That's right. And, and, you know, we kind of think, hey, I'm a Christian. It should be okay, right? And we expect going into the Christian life that it's going to be easy. We're good. God's got our back. We're going to be happy. And then a trial comes. Anxiety blooms. And we're like, <laughs> And then not only are we anxious, but we feel bad about being anxious. Not only are we sad, but we're sad about being sad. Because we feel bad that we're feeling sad because we're a Christian. We're not supposed to do this. And this is what's happened to me. And, <gasps> and we're just a mess. Why? Because we don't expect it. But I'm here to tell you something. The Bible is very clear that, yes, we have joy, peace, love, all those things. But we also have trials. We have anxiety. I mean, God said, Jesus says, do not be anxious several times. We'll talk about that in a minute. He says it for a reason. So when you, when you wake up in the morning, this is how you should start your day. Today I will have trials. Indeed. I will face them. And then I'll tell you what to do a little later on. But be ready for it. When something hits you, don't be like, oh my gosh, why is this happening to me? Get a grip. Bad stuff is going to happen to you. It's life. God is not a bad God. It's life. But there's something else that I want to tell you too really quick before we get into the burn of this passage. Not only should we expect trials, but let me tell you something. When we become a Christian, well, before we become a Christian, we have one enemy. Who is it? No, no, before we become a Christian, God. The Bible says we are at enmity with God. We are enemies of God before we become a Christian. But here's here's the deal. He is a gracious, benevolent, wonderful enemy that doesn't even seem to go together. But it's true. He is slow to anger, abounding in love. He does everything to woo us. It's like this. Uh, We once had a cat stuck in our front yard bushes, and Dan was going to save this cat. Dan was the mighty savior. Do you remember this, babe? You do. You do. So we got our little dog kennel, which may have unnerved the cat because it smelled like dog, but whatever. We got our little dog kennel, and I remember Dan coming back. I remember going, are your arms okay? (laughs) Because he he got this. I mean, literally, it was like, that's all I heard. I'm like, That little kitty cat did not realize that a savior was trying to rescue him. Oh, maybe we're going to take him to the pound, but regardless, that's not the point of the story. (laughs) 
you know, I don't remember what we did. Yep, yeah, let's stop that off. Oh, snap his neck. No, um, the point is, he didn't realize that we were really trying to, to rescue him. But he was fighting against us. That's how we are with God before we become a Christian. God is going, I love you. I want you. I want to save you. And we're going, no! You know, we're like kicking and screaming, I want to do things my way! And we're, we're pitching a fit, and we're like flailing at God, and it's like, what are we doing? As soon as we become a Christian, guess what? <laughs> Our worst enemy becomes who? Satan. As soon as we become a Christian, our enemy becomes Satan. And I'll, I'm going to add this, the flesh and the world. We're not going to go into that. But yeah, and we have an enemy then that wants to kill, destroy, and maim us and ruin us. Yeah. He doesn't want you guys to be alive tomorrow. He doesn't want you to be spiritually vibrant. He wants me to live like, that's how he wants us to live. So when we get up in the morning and we face trials, we should expect it. But we should also expect that we have an enemy who is out to destroy us. So why does it freak us out when we experience anxiety? Do you you understand what I'm saying? We should expect it. We should expect it. Expectations are everything. So we should wake up in the morning and go, okay, Bible says do not be anxious. I may face anxiety today, but this is what I'm going to do. And I'll talk about that in a minute. I want us to look at this passage of scripture because I honestly have discovered things that I've never known about this. So look with me, will you? This is what the Bible says. Um, And I I just kind of want to tell you what God has continued to, to teach me about this. The Bible says, do not be anxious about anything. Anything, anything, small things, small things, big things. Don't be anxious about anything. Do you know what that word anxious means? This is where it gets good. In Greek, I'm going to tell you what that means in a minute. In modern English, do you know what the connotation of anxiety is? Get ready. It actually means falling apart, to choke or strangle, to the point of being paralyzed Helpless and with no rational thought. Right? That's what it means in modern English, like the connotation. In Hebrew, I love this, especially with our dog friend here. Um, anxiety means to be shaken. The image is of a dog having like a rag doll in its mouth and like, Arr! have you ever seen that? I cannot do that again. And the, you know, it's going, Arr! you know what I mean? And so in the Old Testament, when you ever see a scripture passage that says, the righteous shall not be shaken, that's what it's referring to. That's not going to happen to the righteous. They're not going to be like that up here. They may have a hard time physically, but their minds are not going to be going, ah! that's what it's referring to. Okay, so this is what it means in Greek, right in this passage. It's actually, Kat and I talked about this the other day, it's actually, the Greek word is merimna, which sounds kind of like remnant. This is what it means. You think it means freaking out. No such thing in Greek. Well, maybe there is, but not here. What it means is in pieces. What? I know. Let me say it again. What it means is that you're in pieces and you're divided. Let me give you a visual illustration. That's what it means. Uh, There's a play. Jesus uses this word, like a play on words. Have you ever heard the story of Mary and Martha when Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening and having her quiet time and going, oh, I love this. And Martha's going, we got to do this. We got to do this. Have you ever heard that story? Okay. So Martha's like going, okay, and I got to end. Mary, you're not helping me. And Jesus looks at her and says, I quote, 
You are anxious, Marimna, and troubled about many things. But there is only one, bring it together, there's only one thing that matters. So when we are anxious, this is what's happening in our head. Our thoughts are going... Shay's going, oh my gosh, she's a little too much for me. I'm sorry, buddy. I know. (laughs) So when we're anxious, our minds are in pieces. How am I doing on time? Okay. And then, oh yes. And then anxiety's friends come along. (laughs) Self-pity. Why me, God? I'm never going to look like that because... Self-pity comes along. Our imagination goes, Whoa! I'm never going to go to school. I'm never going to go to college. I'm never going to get into the school of my choice. I'm going to be a hobo. Whatever. And your, your imagination goes in a million different directions. Right? Am I right? Does that happen when we're anxious? When you're anxious, do you sit there quietly and go, I am anxious. It is a good thing. No. And some of you may not be outwardly freaking out, but inside our little minds are going, and we're thinking about this, and we're thinking about that. And we are so, our minds are so divided, we cannot center on who God is. It's like hand-to-hand combat suddenly, because your hands are like, like, we're waging war, and we're like, oh my gosh, I've got to do something. So let's keep reading. Do not be anxious about anything. This is where hopefully it gets practical. I don't know. But in everything, everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I'm going to keep reading because I'm going to refer to this. Finally, brothers, whatever is true. Everyone say true. Whatever is honorable, say honorable. Whatever is just, say just. Whatever is pure, say pure. Whatever is lovely, say it. Whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So, when this passage is preached as it should be preached, it says... And everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, present your request to God. You know what else C.S. Lewis says? This made me like him a little more because he's so honest. He said, prayer is irksome. Do you know what means that prayer is irksome? It means it's frustrating. It's bothersome. It's hard. It's difficult. How many of you agree with that? Yeah. When I get up to pray in the morning and I'm trying to pray and I'm like, my, my, you know, in pieces, you know, my head goes, here you go. It's, it's a hard thing. It really is. And that's why sometimes we see it more as a duty than a delight because it's hard. And it will always be hard for us because who does not want us to pray? Yeah. So it is hard. It is irksome in a way. But guess what? We have to pray to overcome anxiety. And we have to pray with thanksgiving. How can you pray and present your request to God and be thankful when you don't even know what the outcome is going to be? That's the secret. You pray not knowing what the outcome is. And you say, God, I thank you for however it's going to turn out. And then you know what you do? 
open our lips and we speak to us. See, you have, we have to decide when anxiety rears its ugly head and it goes like this and all these thoughts are coming all these different directions. We have to decide. Are we going to let all those things speak to us or are we going to speak to them? Have, have you seen the Incredibles? Okay. Incredibles. Um, when she goes to the little lady who fixes her costumes and she thinks her husband's cheating on her because she finds that strand of hair, she's like, what am I going to do? And the little lady gets up on the table and she has her little fan. Do you know, do you know what I'm talking about? And she's like, <laughs> she slaps her in the face and she goes, what are you doing? I can't do her voice. She goes, you must remember who he is. Something like that. And then you must remember who you are. <laughs> Something and she and it kind of knocks her, you know, knocks sense into her. I feel like that's what the Holy Spirit is telling me to tell you. That's what we need to do when we are anxious. We need to speak. We need to speak. I know that sounds weird, and we need to remember who we are in Christ. Remember who God is. Remember the things God has done for us. Be familiar with the Bible. That's why it's important to read because you know, God, you have done this. Nothing is too difficult for you. You know what I do when I pray and I'm going through a hard time? I go, I'm believing you, God. I'm believing you. And I do that just like this. In the morning when I pray for something that I am um, just oh, struggling with, I'm going, I'm believing you, God. And out loud, I speak. I say, because God, you can do this. And God, I am not a loser because I have frizzy hair. That's so dumb, but girls, sometimes we think that, right? Yeah, I know, I know. I am not a terrible mother because I let Maylee watch an hour of Dora. I am not so bad because I didn't make that team, because I didn't do well, because I don't look like that. No, I am a child of the king. I am adopted, I am redeemed, I am chosen. You... you it's biblical, Psalms 42, Lamentations chapter 3. They say, oh my soul, why are you downcast within me? I will place my hope in you, O Lord. They're speaking to their souls saying, no, no, this is not going to happen. Um, I have to hurry it up. Do you know what the word peace means here? Interestingly enough, if you look in the scripture, it says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. Do you know what that means? Mm-mm-mm wholeness and being brought together when we are anxious oh my gosh when we have the peace of God single mindedness there's so much more I want to say but I have to close and I want to close with this the last part of scripture of that scripture there says whatever is true I just closed my Bible, I'm sorry. Whatever, all those words you just said, just whatever is honorable, whatever is pure. I just want you to say something, or say this. When we focus on what is true, not what ifs, when we focus on what is honorable, not lies, when we focus on what is pure, not panic, when we focus on what is lovely and not ugly, when we focus on things that are commendable, not gloom and doom and oh my gosh, and when we speak out loud, and we allow our minds to come under the control of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. And we, I'm, I'm telling you, I know it sounds weird, but the Lord has been telling me. I mean, we've faced a lot of hardships the past three weeks with our baby having surgery. Just a lot of stuff. And I've had to verbally speak and say, God, no. Satan, no. 
God, I know you can do this. I know you are bigger. I know you are stronger. I know who I am in you. I know what you're going to do in my kids. I know what you're going to do in my husband. And you know one thing that's also helping out? Because when we're anxious, you know what it becomes all about? Us. We kind of turn inward and we feel so sorry for ourselves and we're so, ah, that it's all about us. And I've, I've recognized that, you know what, when we kind of turn outward too, that helps. It's not really in this passage. Um, I had a, a, a mom during this time of surgery. Sorry. I barely knew her. And she wrote me a letter and she said, I am praying for you every day. And I am sending you these devotionals every day for two weeks. You can read them. So when you're scared or when you're lonely, whatever, I hope these minister to you. And not every day because she would send me two or three at a time, but probably five to six times within two weeks I got a letter from her in the mail. It was so bad I didn't even know what she looked like. I went to our homeschool group and I was like, who is this lady? And I talked to her for 20 minutes, and then I went away, and I realized that was her. So I was like, God, I didn't say thank you. And I had to go back and say, thank you. I just had to pretend that I forgot. <laughs> what a fake. Okay, whatever. But my point is, you know what You know what that did for me in a time when I was very anxious? It allowed the scriptures to breathe life into me. It gave me things to speak out loud. And guess what I did? I, I don't normally do this because I'm very self-absorbed, but especially this time in my life, but I, I, God brought to mind a, a single mom in my neighborhood who I felt like needed those same scriptures. So I packaged them up and I explained how I got them and then I, I said, I'm, I'm giving them to you and I gave her some other things. And I said, I want you to be encouraged. And I called her and she was like, I, she called me and she's like, I, I just want to say thank you. And you know, in a time in my life when I was worried and stressed or whatever, I started praying for this lady because God brought her to mind. It kind of took that away from me. Do you understand what I'm saying? And it made me just kind of, it made me dwell on what is lovely, on what is pure, on what is true. And so, guys, I, I just want to, I know this is kind of like um, probably not normal, but, um, and you could study this passage forever. I encourage you to read it. But guys, when you wake up in the morning, expect that you will face anxiety. You have, a, 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 you have an enemy who wants to destroy you, literally. And then be in the word and speak truth out loud. Realize that all of that can be brought into single-mindedness if you just take I've just had to really be deliberate. I mean deliberate about waking up, reading the word, going over the promises of God, going over who God says I am. And church doesn't make life perfect because life isn't perfect, but it certainly helps deals with, deal with those times. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, there's so much in your word that wows me. The fact that anxiety is your mind being in pieces and peace is, your, is wholeness and togetherness, it's just beautiful to me. I would never think of those, I, I don't know, I just, I love that, that dichotomy. I love it. God, as we leave here and face tomorrow, whatever you bring our way, I pray that we will just combat it with your word. That we will not allow those raging thoughts to speak and control us, but that we will control them. And that we will 
find your peace, that we will pray, that we will pray with thanksgiving, and that our hearts and minds will be renewed so that we can be outward-facing and, and focus on other people and not just be consumed with ourselves. Because, Lord, that is when you move. Lord, if there's anyone here who does not understand the truth of your word, I pray that you will illuminate it to them this week like a light in the darkness. And I pray that whatever happens this week, we will glorify and praise you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.